Hello and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Each week we'll tackle tough issues, answer your hard questions, and take a candid look at the Christian faith. Today I'm going to share what God has been teaching me, and you, in quarantine. We're all facing hard things at at so many different levels, and it can become so easy for us to focus on our suffering and for us to miss what God is doing, to miss out on what he may be teaching us. And so I wanted to take some time in this episode to share what God has been teaching us in quarantine, how he is using this time for good and growth in our lives. For me personally, I think it's important that um, a lot of the busyness has been removed. The things that occupied my time, even things as simple as commuting by car, um, with an absence of busyness has come more time with my family, more time with my wife, with my son. And what it has done is opened these channels and these avenues for us to have conversations in ways that would have been so easy to miss with the routine of daily patterns, with the routine of waking up, getting uh, my son up, getting showered, dressed, ready for work, getting in the car, commuting, and then all the, the busyness of the day, which is then on my mind, which then I, I bring home and we, we talk about those things. It's now we're able to get to deeper issues. We're, we're able to talk about things that have been going on that we had not uh, spoken about, things that we had not had a chance to relate to one another on, and it's been so precious and so uh, important. Um, I think it's given us all a lot of perspective because I've heard this theme from from a number of people that I've talked to is that, that those conversations are, are coming out and the realization of how important they are, the realization of, of um, the weight that they carry compared to the things that can occupy our time. You know, we just interviewed Dr. Moeller when this uh, coronavirus pandemic was first coming out and we were talking about consumption of media and, you know, television and Netflix and, and all these things, uh, news consumption. And I just realized a lot of that occupies so much time. And what is it taking away from? It's taking away from good conversation, good reading, good, you know, way better ways of spending our time. And so that's been a tremendous blessing and certainly something that God has taught me the value of relationship, of community, of conversation, um, that quality time together. Secondly, it's really reinforced uh, God's sovereignty. Uh, which can sound kind of funny because you'd think this would be the time when you would think, you know, where's God in all this? And and I thought he was in control. Well, does him being in control always look like everything is fine? Or is it that during times of great trial and difficulty, that's the important time to recognize God's sovereignty? Um, For me personally, it's been the trusting that he is using this a pandemic around the world for his purposes, even the things that I don't understand. You know, the death toll. Someone could look at that and say, well, how can God use that? Well, I don't know, but I know that he is. I know that he's using uh, people getting sick. He's using, as we've just mentioned, you know, the importance of relational opportunities with people, even through a death. How many people will 
um, attend a funeral or hear the gospel for the first time uh, because maybe this person was a believer. There's so much opportunity out of this. And I'm not trivializing the loss of life by no means. But what I'm saying is that even through the most dark times, the most dark uh, things that could happen, God is able to redeem and renew and restore if we have eyes to see that he's doing those things. And I don't think we're going to fully see the implications of all this until probably even years down the road, what God has done to bring glory to himself through this novel coronavirus. It's also shown me the importance of a high view of God, that he is all-powerful, that he is all-knowing. He's also gracious and forgiving and loving. And these are things that I get from reading of Scripture. They're things that I get from seeing the way the body of Christ is supporting and loving one another through this. Uh, This is things that I get just from growing in intimacy with the Lord and his word. And it's very important because these are great foundations upon which we stand, that he is not weak, that he is not incapable, but he, he has a greater purpose in everything that he does. And so, again, back to the sovereignty aspect, there's an importance in having eyes to see what it is that he could be doing and not putting our trust in just the solely the eradication of this pandemic, but a utilizing of whatever purpose it may be serving. I mean, again, I think I've mentioned this before, but the the statistics we're seeing of online viewership of church services has been quite high, and there's great encouragement in that. That means people are, are tuning in, perhaps looking for answers, perhaps just looking to engage with other people, and this is a great avenue for that. And so who knows what the Lord is doing to build up his church uh, through such a strange time like this. And then finally, I've mentioned this before as well, but the, the, the importance of appreciation and thankfulness and not grumbling with complaints, because I will tell you it is my default to go to the complaining, to say, well, it could be better, or this is the worst, or this is just, you know, how are we ever going to get around this? That's my default, is to is to fall into that category. And yet we know that that's not what we're called to as Christians. We're, we're, we're called to see what God might be doing. Now, obviously, anyone who's read, spent any time in the Psalms uh, knows that there's a time for asking questions and, and seeking understanding, but it's not healthy to just stay there and remain and not grow and not truly seek and, and look for answers that God has provided through his word, through the teaching of his word, through the reading of his word. There has to be a, a transition, just like in the Psalms when there's always these, these deep questions of, of where are you or, or how could this happen or, or whatever it may be. The Psalms tend to end in the, but I trust in you, but my hope is in you, uh, you are my rock and my shield. These, these are where the psalmists tend to end up, right? Because they have to remind themselves of who God is, of what his character is, um, the, the type of God that he is. And so I think it's important that we be able to shift from 
the complaints and the grumbling, the things that tend to focus on self and a focus on, on God, a focus on Christ, a remembering of what Christ has done, that he has paid everything with his own life so that we can have uh, an assurance of eternal life. But beyond that, we can live a new life now. We can have the transformation now in the way that we uh, love our brothers and sisters in Christ, in the way we, we love our neighbors, and the way that we love our family members uh, across the board. It, it brings that, that transformation to our lives that is so radical, that is so different. It's really the only thing that will change a person truly at their core. So these are just three or four of the things that that I feel like God's been teaching me in quarantine. And I was curious to hear what God is teaching other people in quarantine. So we took to our social media pages and and we asked you what God is teaching you. And your answers were so encouraging. And, and here's some of the answers that we received. Teresa from Massachusetts has learned that God did not create us to be separated. And I think we all are feeling that. We're all feeling that great, deep desire to be with other people in whatever capacity. If we're Christians, we're certainly feeling it uh, with our church family, with our church body. Um, If you're a member of a small group, you know, my small group's been meeting over uh, through Zoom connection, and and that's been a joy to to see faces and to have conversation and to hear how people are are dealing with the crisis and, and how the Lord's ministering to them, and that's been great, but there's something about connection, physical touch, uh, you know, uh, seeing with our eyes, not through a screen, but seeing the the human body. You know, I even think of when Thomas says he doesn't believe until he sees Jesus, puts his hands in the wounds, and 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 then Jesus appears. You know, there's something about that physical touch and the and the seeing with our eyes that carries so much weight. Um, I think we're probably all getting a bit weary of screens and having to do things through internet, and we're we're looking forward to the human touch. Kathy wrote uh, on Facebook, "A candle shines brightest in the darkness." We are called to shine Jesus' peace and restoring connection at this dark time. People are seeking connection. And I think that's an interesting way she put that. We are called to shine Jesus' peace and restoring connection at this dark time. Because we are created. Every human being is created in the image of God. But not everybody is a child of God. The children of God are those who have put their saving faith and hope in Christ. Then we are therefore the children of God, and we're no longer children of wrath. And we have this community that we're surrounded by, and this the way that God has sovereignly placed us in our neighborhoods, in our workplace, uh, even our families, to shine that light of Christ and to show the peace of Christ and to tell people the good news uh, and to reflect his glory. And so I think that's such a wonderful way of putting that, that Kathy put that, that restoring connection, that, that, that Christ is drawing people to himself through this time. And people are seeking connection. A, a friend of mine just told me about two Buddhists in her neighborhood who have been going to church. Uh, this, I assume, is pre-quarantine. Uh, have been going to church because they were longing for connection. They were seeing a community of people who loved one another, of families that loved to be together and were holding something in common. And they saw that and they desired 
what that was. Now, we know that that's not ultimately fulfilled until you have placed your trust in Christ. But even seeing the outside benefits of that covenant community, it can be such a rich blessing. Brenda shared, God gives a peace that only he can give. No man can give this kind of peace. Knowing everything is in his hands, and he sees and knows everything we are going through, good or bad. God never leaves or forsakes us. Even when we are alone, we really aren't alone. His presence is always with us. And that's so true. And that's what we were talking about with the sovereignty of God, that he He has all things in control, the good, the bad, everything, and he's using it for his glory. And so how important it is that we know that, that we understand and truly believe that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And what confidence that gives us as we uh, walk through difficult days, as we have difficult conversations, as we talk with our neighbors, as we go about our business, um, as we live whatever this new normal looks like, um, having that peace that only he can give and not looking for the peace of man that so many are clambering for in, a, in an election cycle, in an election year. The, the people are, are going to be clambering for whatever peace they think that politician will offer them. And yet we know that that only comes through Christ. So thank you, Brenda, for sharing that. What a great, uh, helpful word that is. Stephen from Virginia gave uh, a wonderful testimony of God's provision. Stephen writes, he's taught me that even in the darkest of times, God still showers the faithful with blessings. Uh, Stephen had been furloughed from a job that he had had for 15 years, and he had to file for unemployment, but was constantly praying that God would open doors and help him to find work and, and use him well. And um, so that he could continue to afford an apartment, an apartment that was wonderfully provided when Stephen was restored to Christ after 15 years of bad relationships and being lost and coming back to forgiveness and acceptance and peace after confession and finding that refuge in Christ. And then three days later, Stephen finds a job offer, and he's doing essential work, which is paying him uh, higher than what he was earning before, and he's able to help supply food and uh, clothing and supplies to people through this difficult time. And so Jesus is using Stephen as a blessing to so many, and his joy is just radiating out of his, uh, his comments uh, that he's showing the loving kindness of Christ to people who may or may not know him. And so we rejoice with you, Stephen, in the work that God has provided, that he's sustaining you, and um, we pray that he would continue to do so. Uh, Sherry was reminded of God's unchanging nature and she writes, He is showing me once again that he is the only thing that does not change. He is the solid rock upon which we stand. He is also showing me that most of what we chase in life is chaff or chasing the wind, and that when all is said and done, the things that are truly important are our faith, our families, and our friends. A Spurgeon quote says it like this, I have learned to kiss the wave that tossed me into the rock of ages, right? The, the image that the, uh, the hardship or whatever it is that's come your way that has pressed you into Christ, you can look back on that thing and rejoice uh, because you've landed on the rock of ages. You've landed on the only thing that is stable, the only thing that is eternal, 
right? We can't take these possessions. We can't take our money with us. Those things will burn up. Or as Ecclesiastes says, you'll just pass it on to some fool. Um, I don't mean to be insensitive about that. That's just the way the the Bible passage reads. But there's a truth to it, right? I mean, it's that it, those things are not going with us. The only thing that remains the same, the only thing that remains safe is Christ. The only thing that remains uh, sure is our trust and our hope in Christ. And so we can rejoice with Sherry that um, she has found the rock of ages, that, that he has found her, and, uh, and, and he has found us, uh, we once who were lost souls. Well, we received a lot of testimonies from people who were receiving uh, patience from God, people who uh, were being more faithful in their prayer life, which is leading to greater intimacy with God. People are growing. Uh, Resilience, surrender were a lot of the common themes we were reading about. And this has been such a clear reminder that we are not in control. And so we have to surrender ourselves to God to what his plans are, his desires, what he's called us to. And we read about what those things are in Scripture, um, that we hold Christ uh, high in our life, that we have a, a high view of God, that we love people, you know? Our enemies are not mankind. They're not individuals. They're not people. Uh, we fight against uh, the, the principalities of the air, uh, the evil one, uh, Satan, uh, and we do that through Christ. We do that through uh, putting on the armor of God, that we, we carry that sword of truth, the, the sword of his word, which penetrates bone and marrow. It's such a beautiful picture that we don't have to worry about man. We don't have to fear man. Uh, we need to fear God in a healthy way, a reverent fear of God. And then we get to be his children, and we get to rest in the assurance of that, the assurance of our future Uh, But we also face um, the things that we face on a day-to-day basis. There's a day-to-day renewing of our mind, renewing of our spirit, and God is always willing to do that. He gives us those new mercies each and every day. And so I hope this has been an, an encouragement to you, as reading these has been an encouragement to me, that we have assurance, we have hope, we have future, and God is using these strange, difficult days uh, for great purposes. And so we don't throw them to the wayside and just talk about how terrible everything is, but we can look for what avenues he's providing to teach us, to grow us, to use us, to bring us into connection and community and conversation with those that he's opened the door for us to do that with. And so we are grateful for what, what God is doing in and through this and us. And so again, I pray that this has been an encouragement to you as it has been to me and uh, that God and Christ would continue to use us during these days. Thank you for joining us today. Candid is a podcast from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. By subscribing, you make sure you never miss an episode. It's delivered to you as soon as we release it. Don't forget to connect with our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit ltw.org candid to connect with these pages, share your questions with me, 
and get this week's free download, Why? Suffering in Light of the Gospel. As always, thank you for listening to and sharing this episode.